0: Go.
1: Welcome back my friends to the podcast that never ends We're so glad you could attend Come inside, come inside I am Joe Spiegel and sitting across from me is the superfluous uh. Morty uh, Mike Sutherland Oh hey, hey Hi,
0: how you doing? Welcome. How you doing Rick?
1: Welcome to the Tunnel of Terror Alright This is a couple of average Joes Cinescape Movie Review Podcast Podcast.
2: Sinscape Magazine
0: podcast.
1: This is our Death Note episode. We're going to talk about that fine piece of Americanized whitewashing. <laughs> and then uh, my flick of the week, which is going to be, was originally going to be a Netflix film, but instead I went and saw an extra movie. So it's instead going to be the 2017 Catherine Bigelow directed Detroit. Based, Brother Potter. Brother Potter. based on the 1967. Um, Detroit race Rights. No, sorry, I'm done.
2: No, that's fine. I interrupted you. That's my <laughs> fault. I was being the dick. That's
1: okay. Cause baby but but so
2: funny. I watched Storks yesterday. I was, I Joe gave me a movie to watch. His recommendation, which is Mr. Brooks, but I haven't had a chance to to watch it. And, and here's my process behind it, so Joe understands. The reason why I don't watch Joe's movies that he recommends. Is not because of anything else other than, like I'll get home at eleven, yeah, eleven thirty, almost twelve o'clock, and then I just don't want to watch the goddamn movie.
1: Also, I, I, for lack of a better term, I think that you've conditioned yourself to watch certain things when you're in certain moments of your time at home.
2: Yeah, because I don't want to stay up till four o'clock in the fucking morning watching movies.
1: You can't do like um, half a movie and. No, in
2: the- I, I don't do that.
1: No shit. Sure.
2: I don't do half movies.
1: I do it if I have to, like if I end up falling asleep watching it all.
2: No, I want to dedicate. If I am going to do it, I am going to, and I don't watch movies during the morning. I won't do that. Yeah. Fuck no.
1: Oh man, you are missing out. No, I am not. Fuck yeah, dude! Watch uh, like Star Trek Two: The Wrath of Khan in, in the morning. No. When there is no one at home. No. Nope. Fucking great. No. It's emotional. I don't do it. Fucking powerful. No, it's not. It's better at night. Okay. <laughs> sure. All right it's what works for you. So, uh, and then uh, we got a little uh, little Star Wars news. Yeah. All right? So, all that and more. Take it away. Liza. All right, here we go. Hold your ears, folks. It's show time. <laughs> Meanwhile. How don't. I do doing? How don't. I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't. How you doing? How you doing? All right, let's do it! You can not even done a Japanese name? You had to do Liza? You had to do Mama?
2: Misa? Mama? Yeah, it's Misa. Don't fucking question me.
1: <laughs> I got a little scared to for a second. All right. All right. Hold for station identification.
2: Hold for something? <laughs> Jesus Christ, dude. Get on with it.
1: Okay, fuck you, man, you drinking motherfucker. All right. Mm. Oh, that's right. Well, it's subliminal, man, just like with yawning and shit. T- t- no, sublimi- yawning is not subliminal. Suggestive. Nope. Oh, God. It's emotional. Is it, Mr. Novadol, at- Mr. fucking.
2: You, you're going to argue with me about this right th- now? you going to bring this up.
1: The thesaurus of life.
2: Yawning is an emotional trivia. You, you have to be emotionally attached to the person that's yawning, or else it doesn't work. It's not subliminal. It's not contagious. If I yawn, you're going to yawn.
1: I've never. <sighs> I have yawned from someone I've, from a stranger.
2: Nope. You're emotionally attached to that stranger.
1: What am I, fucking Jesus?
2: No, you have to be emotionally attached to someone in order for it to work.
1: Why the fuck would I be emotionally attached to someone? I don't know. I don't know. It, it just happens. <laughs>
2: you either like the way they look or whatever. There's just
1: something about the way that that, that ward is. Oozing on your face. Yeah,
2: that's exactly what she it is. I felt
1: this instant connection with you.
2: It has nothing to do with it. It has nothing to do with instant connection. It's an emotional attachment to somebody.
1: All right, you grumpy fuck. I'm not
2: grumpy. Do your <laughs> fucking research <laughs> before you start talking.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm
2: just going to make up shit.
1: <laughs> yeah, because guess you Mister fucking final word on, yeah, no, no, no. You have an emotional connection. Even if it's a stranger, there's something. There's some connection yeah,
2: there. Yeah, there is. But I'm, I'm, just, I'm just making it up as I go along, Joe. I haven't done any research or there's been no doctors talking about this in the past fucking 60 years, 100 years about how yawns actually work, you know, c- considering all the brain research that's been going on for the past, you know, seriously, 15 years of how they've been able to map how emotions and connections work with people.
1: If you were a musician... You'd be Yanni.
2: Really? Yeah. That's the best you could come up with. That's
1: what I feel like fucking doing right now. Cause you just nerded. You nerded all over this podcast. You nerdy fuck. <laughs> all right. So Netflix. <laughs> all right. So you still to this day, haven't seen any, any episodes of the anime. right? No, I haven't. Okay.
2: All right. So, um, and not because it's just, a at this stage in my life, it's weird, I used to love watching anime, but a lot of the stuff I can't just, I I don't know, it's not like I'm older, so therefore I'm an adult, uh-huh. it's just, there's so much of it now, Yeah. like Naruto, see, you're fucking yawning by the way.
1: I'm yawning because I'm fucking tired. Yeah,
2: I just yawned, not like a minute ago.
1: Okay, what, do you want to go fucking get yeah. rings together, you <laughs> gay fuck? I just wanted to let you know. We're mostly
0: connected, right? <laughs> yeah.
1: On, and that's gay. You yawn. We
2: yawn. <laughs> so, with with anime, because there's so much of it out there, yeah. I just can't get into it. I I don't know it, and I think a lot of it's watered down garbage, anyways. And I want to talk about Pokemon or Naruto or or Digimon or you know that bullshit. I'm talking about Death Note or Cowboy Bebop or or. Uh, Afro samurai. Or, Afro samurai. Yeah. Seven, nine, whatever ten. else they show on Adult Swim. I mean yeah. I I really got into One Punch Man because I thought it was fucking hilarious. <laughs> it
1: fucking is hilarious. But
2: I, I think I need that's what I need more of. That's what I'm more into when yeah. it comes to anime is the funny stuff. Like I, most of I just I can't stand I can't stand their Japanese girlish type nonsense for most anime.
1: I don't like the Every time a female character in anime is emotional, they sound like they're having an, an orgasm. Yeah, that's fucking annoying. And look, I, I love, I lo- <laughs> There's nothing wrong with a woman moaning in pleasure. That's fucking fine. But when it sounds like it's just this blatant, blatant sexual innuendo, every fucking time it gets, it gets old. It gets yeah. tiring. Except it's not a blatant sexual innuendo. Oh no, Then just ah! every time. Fine.
2: Yeah. No.
1: Yeah, because uh, that's how all Japanese women react to everything. Everything that they react to emotionally, they sound like they're having an organ. Jesus Christ, what
2: are you, a fucking psychologist? <laughs> <laughs> Joe the psychologist tonight. Thanks. That's how they all sound. Was I really loud on that one?
1: Fuck. I,
2: <laughs> I didn't mean to overreact, but fuck, man. <laughs> Just goddamn in-depth analysts of everything I say. Just... With, I will pluck your nose hairs with the truth. With yes, that's how they sound. Have you heard? I mean, I don't know if you've heard Japanese girls speak. But a lot of them have really high fucking voices, <laughs> and goddamn, when they <laughs> they, that's they, they, sp- they squeal like when when you hear the girls when the girl that does the voice of Pikachu. Uh-huh. Have you heard her normal voice ever?
1: Um, I probably have. It's but- very
2: similar to when she says Pikachu. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a high pitched voice and yeah. i don't it, it's got to be it i don't know why but like i said a lot of them have this fucking weird yeah and it gets annoying but it's not it's not a, it's not supposed to be a sexual thing it's just the way it is hmm. it's when they record
1: <laughs> okay so uh, yeah i just uh, i'm not I'm not saying
2: at all, but just. yeah.
1: Uh, luckily, Death Note is not one of those shows that does that. It it has a very intriguing premise that it just keeps going, and 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 that's what is hurting this movie that we just you now we we save twelve bucks each on. <laughs> yeah, by sitting at home watching it, not gonna buy it. I can tell you that. No, I will. I'm going to give Death Note this though. I never got bored watching this movie, and even though I'm watching it and they're. And they're shitting on the original, you know, they're doing dumb they're taking things in a dumb direction. Uh and, uh and I'm sorry, word of the night, blatant. They're taking the blatant approach of of, of Americanizing it for for the teen audience that they think that th- what they want the teen audience to be like, right? You know, into this what they perceive? Yeah, what they you know, the the teen angst fucking bullshit. It they changed things they didn't need to change. Added a character that they
2: didn't need to add. Yeah. They inherently changed the fucking
1: yeah. show Look, in the com- or in the comic I never read the manga But um, the manga manga The manga um. <laughs> Cassandra <laughs> Dreamweaver, baby And the name is Cassandra
2: No, that's not where I was going with that. I know,
1: I, I always go back to Wayne's World so. I, I was
2: going with rich. how rich people talk
1: Manga <laughs>
2: Cassandra Oh, yeah, yeah Lovey, I'm going to the store to get us some... I'm going to send the butler to the store to get us some whole grain rice.
1: If I don't have any avion, I'm going to die. Yeah.
2: I must go to my yacht. So I can go to my other
1: yacht. Oh, thank God. Vibrator repair? No, ma'am. It's the police. sorry. (laughs) Before I go too far away. The fuck are you talking about? That was the line from Dragnet when when Friday and Pep Strebeck show up to the fucking... The, you know, the... Yeah, 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 yeah. And he clicks on it, yeah. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> All right. I got to buy that fucking movie. Why? Dragon because I don't own it. And that is a worthy addition to the collection. Not right now I'm going to buy it, but I'm just saying.
2: Oh, that's a shame, lovey. In the future.
1: Okay. So, yeah. that That's this movie's problem, is that it tries to... Make it a, more appealing to American audiences, but if you had not fucked with the premise, you know, with the plot, uh, you it could have still been appealing. You know, I, I, I look, me and you, hold on, hold on,
2: what? We never even got into the premise, the premise of the movie.
1: If you don't know what Death Note is, why the fuck are you listen to the show? But I, I get you, I get you. All right, do you? Yes. So. The story is of a character. God damn, pu- The story, Mr. Simpson. All right. So oh, okay, Rick. <laughs> the st- the premise is pretty much this: high school student, name of Light. All right, and dark um, is tired of the injustice that's in the world, of evildoers getting away with whatever they want to do, and the the people suffering. So out of nowhere, hold on. Let me ask you a question. What
2: does it actually start off like that?
1: Pretty much, he's in class, and um, well, I'm sorry. It, it immediately starts off with with Ryuk in, up in the the Shinigami world, in the demon, you know, the god, uh, the right, death, right, right, the Death God realm. And he's talking. He, they're just he's bored. He's sitting there with other Shinigamis, and they're bored as hell too. And there's nothing to do there, so finally he decides to do something, and he drops the Death Note down to Earth to the human world. They call it the human world. And he purposely even has it written in English because it's the most popular language on the planet. His words in the anime. Um and that's that's the gist of of that is, is a Shinigami character. But then dude, there's there's other things that have changed as well that, that that hurt this plot.
2: No, no, no. But I'm talking about okay, so light in the movie it's just a kid that's going to high school, and he finds the death. That, at some point, the death note just drops. But in the anime...
1: He was chosen. In the movie, he was chosen. Ryu purposely in the, chosen. In the anime, not the movie. In the anime, Shinigang, or uh, Ryu um, says that I j- it just dropped there. It was it was by fluke that it landed with you. It was just the fate of the gods, pretty much. Like he said... He, people, so in
2: the anime, it was just a fluke.
1: Yeah, in the in anime, he said it could have went to anybody.
2: Right, but that's what they were doing in, in the movie. He wasn't chosen. In the anime, it just went from one to another.
1: Yeah, in the anime, it could have, anyone could have picked it up. It wasn't chosen for Light himself.
2: Because I didn't get that he was specifically chosen. It just fell out of the sky.
1: There was something, yeah, in the, in the movie, it seemed like uh, Ryu, well, Ryu, he said he, he planned it. He goes, and if, if I made the wrong call, then... Just give the book to someone else, and then you know I'll I'll pick someone else that's more worthy. Okay, so I'll go with that. So yeah, and then but and there's this movie just it it makes you think that it's going to be going in the same direction, but then it changes things that it didn't need to change. You know, I, I'm all for you know changing a, a a mythology a little bit if if you're not fucking things up. You know what I mean. But when you do it just to, I, I don't even understand the reason why you would change some of the things you would change when it when it works so fine in the original format. Who produced the movie? Uh I you know what? I didn't write down who produced it. Um, what what studio other than oh, Netflix? Oh, Warner or Brothers originally had the rights, ah. and then they ended up uh, dropping out, but they still have um, uh, distribution rights in Japan. Ah. For this movie. But otherwise, Netflix took over and finished making the film. So. Well, let's look it up and see
2: what we have for Death Note 2017. Yeah. So, (laughs) Excuse me. All right. Parla Parla Panides. Who the fuck is that guy? I don't know. It doesn't have anything on this cast.
1: There's plot. It's a production.
2: Distributed by Netflix and LP, Vertigo Entertainment and Lynn Pictures. Roy Lee and Doug Davison. Yeah, Vertigo's owned
1: by DC. Vertigo's first w- Warner Brothers. Brothers
2: so. Interesting. Released films by Vertigo The Grudge, Dark Water, Ape Below, The Lake House, The Departed, The Grudge 2, The Invasion, Possession, Assassination of a High School President, The Eye, Shudder, Sassy, Court, The Grudge 3, How to Train Your Dragon.
1: Quarantine, I like
2: Quarantine. The Lego movie. Poltergeist. Blair Witch, Sleepless Rings, the Lego Batman movie. Okay, so they have... I wonder if this has anything to do with the DC Comics imprint because it's owned by Warner Brothers. Started Vertigo Entertainment. It's a first look deal with Warner Brothers to produce films. And they produce a ton of films. So? Well, I'm wondering how much they have how much involvement they have. Oh, it's this one. What's up? Okay. Lin, Dan Lin, who is a producer as well, is an American, Taiwanese born, American film producer. He's the CEO of Lin Pictures, a film production company that he formed in 2008. Um, He serves on the board of directors for the Coalition of Asian... Pacifics and Entertainment, and is a mentor for both the Producers Guild of America and the Center for Asian Media. Fine, whatever. He produced a Lego movie in two thousand and fourteen. Producers generally don't have much to do other than here's money.
1: Yeah, he's the middleman. Other
2: films Lynn oversaw include Ten Thousand B C., The Aviator, Alexander, T M N T, The Invasion, Unaccompanied Minors, Matchstick Men, Scooby Doo Two, and Torque. Now, of all those films, shit. Which one actually was worth it?
1: The Aviator, yeah, or yeah, The Departed.
2: Um, both of those. Uh, I don't. I, he was a development executive of The Departed. He had nothing to do with that movie because Martin Scorsese told every one of those guys to go fuck themselves. All right. So, Torque. Just,
1: yeah, I know. Just Which aviator. is the
2: movie that we always forget about? Yeah, uh, the tor- bike battle.
1: Yeah, it was Torque and Biker Boys. I always mix them up.
2: Terminator Salvation, The Invention of Lying, the Box. Sherlock Holmes 1 and 2, The Gangster Squad. He didn't have much to do with the Lego movie, and he didn't have much to do with the Lego Batman movie other than being a producer. He's a producer on It. The Lego Ninjago movie, which you don't want to see. Why?
1: Because I don't care for Ninjago. There you go.
2: Why? Uh, yeah,
1: I'm, yeah, okay, yeah.
2: Okay. The Lego movie sequel, Aladdin, Tom and Jerry. He's a producer of shit movies, dude. Okay. He's a producer of *Lethal Weapon*, but he's one of oh, many. The, the TV series, yeah. Yeah, um, *The Secret Lives of Wives* to my future assistant Poe. Failed plot. Fail plot. Fail plot. Frequency. All the movies that we just talked about, with the exception we haven't seen it yet, so we can't make any a, a, any um, yeah, statements and, on and, it.
1: And yeah, and fucking Stephen King. You know, even though he's saying better things about it than he was about... Dark Tower. Dark Tower. He still was blowing Dark Tower up until the movie came out, so...
2: Yeah. Uh, the Lego movie, which was good. The Lego Batman movie, which is okay. Yeah. It was fun. Um, I'm not going to get involved with those two because he was just a producer. Sherlock Holmes was okay. Sherlock Holmes' the Game of Shadow was okay. Not great, but yeah. okay. But everything that he's touched, with the exception of The Departed and one, two, three... Say four, maybe a handful five, weren't shit. So everything else he's touched has turned to shit, except for Lethal Weapon. Yeah, this is the guy that's responsible, not the not Vertigo Entertainment, uh-huh. Lynn Pictures. <laughs> he's gonna have the biggest say in it because of two things: a, it's a Japanese movie, and b, he's he's the, a representative. Yeah. So and um, he's one of the producers. Screenplay by by these two guys, Vlas and Charles. Papadopoulos or whatever the fuck their names are. (laughs) Uh, It's Cintopoulos. Jeremy Slater did The Lazarus Effect, The Fantastic Four, The Exorcist, Pet, and Death Note. All garbage. All remakes. (laughs) I don't know who these two fucks are. There's nothing on them.
1: Yeah. Uh, Best would look at them on uh, IMDb. Yeah.
2: So we'll look them up. Anyways, you can continue on.
1: Okay. So you know what? Look, everyone's saying pretty much the same thing. So I'm just going to say what I like and what I don't like about the movie, dude. Yeah, that's fine. All right. Uh, first things first, the movie looks good. Uh, very the, the production value looks very good. The cinematography looks really good. I like how some of the ang- camera angles are crooked. Some are not. Uh, very reminiscent of like animes and things like that. Uh, the musical score, not the not the not the actual music that they use, like the '80s songs in you know like Berlin and stuff. Right. I'm talking about the actual musical score composed by Atticus Ross and his brother Leopold Ross. Um, Atticus, that musical score that they have in the movie is very creepy, very. It, it, that also had an '80s vibe to it. You know, the 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 kind of the um the synth, the synthesizer right it has mm-hmm. a synthesizer um sound to it um eighty sound to it right that was cool i like that all right and i liked william william defoe william defoe is ryuk uh he you could just tell he was totally relishing in the role having a good time and it was fun problem is that there's the uh, the flip side to the coin with this whole thing also the movie's not that it's not boring to watch i i never got bored watching this <clears throat> The flip side is the bad, and the bad is everything else. For example, it's all the little things that they changed that they didn't need to change. Ryuk in the anime is not an opportunist um, demon. He's not. He doesn't try to manipulate. manipulate people. He's just there as a witness to the ride, and he's there to pretty much answer questions, and he also has his own personal reactions to things. In, in the anime, he's always there following light wherever he goes. He's always fucking there. In this movie, instead, he just pops up just to fucking push the story forward with more um, suspense. Suspense, you know, with him trying to... More nonsense. Yeah, and it just... Look, Willem Dafoe makes you not notice it, but I, when I went back and watched a couple episodes of the anime... I know. I was like, "Holy shit, dude!" They, yeah, they're missing this. They didn't need to do that. They didn't need to change what what Ryuk is. Okay. Uh, another thing is the girlfriend character. The girlfriend character play her her character's name is Mia in this but, Doctor Girlfriend. But you know that she's Misa. Come and on, Monarch. What they did with Misa was so fucking obvious. They turned Light's character into a fucking teenage pussy who's in high school and they took away his ambition his when uh, when the character of Light becomes when he after he's killed so many people with this death note he starts to like think of himself as a god and that um, he knows what's best for the human race and he just wants more and more power and anyone who says anything it gets to the point where anyone says anything negative in public about him he tries to kill them with the death note that's how fucking power hungry he becomes with it and instead, they don't have that happen with Light in this movie. Instead, they have that all transferred to the Misa character play, named Mia, where she takes on that persona instead so so that we can somehow be connected because we're all American, stupid American teenagers, and we're well, that's how we connect to people is, is by him being a scared teenager instead. Not smart like Light is in the, in the anime. Right. You know, and... In the anime he's very methodical he's very planning you know he he thinks things out you know before he does them you know not like how at the end of the movie when he finally he does something that's clever when he has that whole plot at the end no no, no. In, in the anime he's always planning shit way ahead of time it, it, it's not like this finally after he gets fucked over by his girlfriend kind of thing you know and so also the Misa character in the anime she is a love interest but she's not really a love interest. She's kind of like Harley Quinn to Joker in a way where she'll she'll follow every single word he says. Right. But he just uses her for the most part just so that he can, you know, whatever when he needs it. But he doesn't he doesn't care about love. He doesn't give a shit about that. The 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 seduction of power is all he gives a shit about. Now, when he gets to that point, okay? But they don't do that with him in this why not? That's one of the most important things about the character.
2: Well, I think the other thing you need to touch on is the fact that they've changed the entire family dynamic, which you reported yeah. in your in your review, which is Shea Wiggum, who plays James Turner, Light's father. Yeah, They're supposed to have an, a daughter and a son uh, and his wife.
1: Yeah the, mo- yeah, the mom is an important character and the sister
2: is an important character. But apparently they've been killed in...
1: Yeah, like this. Well, at least the mom has been killed. Yeah, the sister doesn't even exist in this movie in the Netflix version. Right. And the mom, she died previously because of a mob boss. Right. Right. And they don't even really tap too much into that, you know. Instead, it does this thing where it's, oh, well, he's a single parent, right? So now we're supposed to what, what's the word, you know, sympathize, empathize with him, right? Because he's a single parent in America now, right. you know, and and oh, they have they have problems. They have problems, you know, because, you know, the son blames the father for not doing enough to save the mother when she gets killed, you know, and blah, 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 blah. blah. And they're not talking. They're not communicating. And it's it gets it gets in the way of the fucking premise. You didn't need to do that. The, the, what works in the anime with it is that is that light slowly starts to separate from everyone that loves him. And he doesn't even really notice it because he's so obsessed with what he's doing. Holy shit. Did you read this production shit? Um, I did
2: but I Fuck don't. dude Look okay Zach Efron was attached to it at some point
1: Oh yeah all the different yeah
2: In 2007 More than 10 film companies in the United States Expressed interest in the Death Note franchise Yeah The American production company Vertigo Entertainment Was originally set to develop the remake With Charlie and Vlas Parla As screenwriters <laughs> And Roy Lee Doug Davison, Dan Lin and, and Brian yes. Witten As producers Which is exactly kind of what happened and then in 2009, Warner Brothers acquired the rights with original screenwriters and producers still attached. Then in 2009, Efron... Fresh off was, of High School Musical 3. Yeah, was going was responding to rumors that he'd be playing the lead role. In 2011, it was announced that Shane Black had been hired to direct a film with a script by Anthony Bagarazzi and Charles Mondry. Or, yeah. Uh, Warner Studios planned to change the background of Story, story of Light into one of vengeance instead of justice and to remove Shinigami from the story. Shane Black didn't like that, and it had not been greenlit. Black confirmed in a 2013 interview that he was still working on the film. And then in July of 2014, it was rumored that Gus Van Zandt would replace Shane Black with Dan Lin, Doug Davidson, Roy Lee, and Brian Wood producing blah, blah, blah. And then Adam Wingard would direct the film with those guys. And that Nija Kukendall And Nick Mavin Curvey Would oversee the studio Oh my god This is just A fucking nightmare
1: It's a hot potato dude It's a fucking hot potato That no one wants To deal with Um (laughs) Do you know What Adam Wingard Has done He has done Yes He did A movie called You're Next Which I've never seen But it's a It's a somewhat Popular With horror movie fans It's popular
2: He directed Last year's Blair Witch
1: And he did Fucking Blair Witch And what blows my mind is, look, I understand he's not the screenwriter on this one. He was a screenwriter on Blair Witch, but still. What blows my mind is, with Blair Witch, and we talked about this on a previous podcast. Why don't they just get
2: Adam Sandler to star in this movie?
1: They they had, you had a guy come in, and what does he do? He He blatantly, favorite word, steals the plot from the original film from 1999, and redoes it again. Okay? Now, Imagine if he had just done the same fucking thing with Death Note, then That's we why would, we wouldn't have this problem.
2: That's why I'm not blaming Adam Wingard yeah, for I, this piece of shit. Because his name's not on the right Yeah. Because even though he's a director, yeah. Ultimately, Kevin Smith. yeah, it's cop out. Yeah, it's right? cop out, Yeah. Ultimately, it's the producers, and Warner Brothers, yeah. and Netflix fault.
1: Yeah, like you. Know, it seemed like they the, allowed it. Finally, got to this point where like, dude, either now or never. Yeah. And then they just fucking did it. Now that that's amazing, though, that this movie could have been way worse than that. Than that. After all this shit, it's just like when I look up. Um, I didn't know this, but not to go too far off on a tangent, but Lethal Weapon Four. When I watched all four movies with my kids the other day, or a couple weeks ago, I, I, you know, I'm I'm doing all this, you know, IMDb shit while I'm watching the movies, and I look up this trivia and I found out that dude, the the production of Lethal Weapon Four. Was a fucking nightmare, mm-hmm. and the fact that from from start to finish, from I mean script and everything, six months, everything that's in the, being in, you know viewed in front of the public, that movie got rushed so quickly, and it turned out still as as good as it did. Because look, *Lethal Weapon* four does have a few problems, but there's a lot of problems, dude. But to me, as a fan of *Lethal Weapon*, I fucking loved it anyway. And even though it's way more comedic than it should have been, it's still, eh, you know what? I still enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. And I thought I went off on a really good note by the time they end the movie film, right. by the movie's end of it. So it's possible to still make something decent out of shit. So Death Note could have been made decent out of all this fucking jumbling that they've been doing around, but they didn't. Instead, I, I, I this is what, what what's fucking blowing my mind is, when you, when, when, how, why do people not learn that if you keep changing the mythology of beloved franchises, that it's going to alienate your fan base and they're not going to want to spend money on it? How, why don't they fucking get that? The only exception that I can think of that has lasted for so long is the Transformers one, that franchise. Somehow fucking Michael Bay tricked everyone for fucking four films before finally the fifth one. Half of the fans said finally, they're like, Fuck this shit. We finally see what the hell he's doing. Right. Okay. But yeah, you know, it's kinda too late. But otherwise, most people notice this shit. And why the fuck you know, oh I'm sorry. Also the Fast and Furious franchise. Put that to the side too. You know, people just keep fucking going to that shit. All right. But with Death Note, with animes, you you can't change this shit like you change it and not expect people to be fucking pissed off. Right. Okay? And this movie isn't whitewashed to me. It's it's very easy for people to to guilt and shame with the word whitewashing, but this movie's not whitewashed. This movie is americanized, okay? Because you turn light into a white dude, okay, yes. You set the movie in Seattle, yes. All right? Everyone else is is white or except for L who ends up becoming uh, is played by you know Lakeith uh, Lakeith fucking Stanfield from Get Out, all right? Oh, I'm sorry. Also, Watari, I forgot about this. Watari in the comic or in the anime is uh, is American, so they flipped him for the movie. So they made him Japanese. Go figure. So, the it just this this movie they Americanized everybody, but I don't you don't really <laughs> want, I don't call it whitewashing. I call it Americanization. And you know what? For this movie, it was pointless. I can understand you doing it for certain things and you know, for American audience, like having characters speaking in English and everything instead of subtitles. I get it. But to change as much as they changed with this movie, not fucking smart at all. Not smart at all.
2: No, and I totally agree with everything that you said. That's why I haven't been saying much. <clears throat> I have already stated this which is i i've never watched an episode of nath no Uh i understand the concept and when it comes to episodic japanese anime oav stuff i know how it runs yeah and i know it's it's mostly not action yeah you know there's a lot of oh we'll just call it what it is it's it's a big it's a it's a twenty seven it's a twenty seven hour Kevin Smith marathon is basically what it is. It's <laughs> a lot of talking, a lot of fucking violence, but mostly it's 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 just character scenes and yeah. development and this and that and the other thing. And in this movie. I immediately started sensing that there was something wrong, or something was off. Because I would talk to you about it when we were watching. I'm like, "What the fuck is going on with this? Mm-hmm. How is the fact that sh- the the rules state something very specific and mm-hmm. very something very simple, which is the person that owns the Death Note book, yeah, is the only person that can write in it, yeah, and then the person that owns the Death Note book can hand it off to someone else, but it has to be seven days before the before the new person can write in it, yeah." So, we've already established those two rules, okay? Yeah. And there are many. <laughs> yeah. And she was able to grab and rip out a page of the of the book and then influence a person to write names in the book and kill themselves. Yeah. The so agents. now
1: she was influenced by Ryuk. Right. And now now see, I think that they they snuck this in without explaining it because in the anime um if anyone touches any piece of the death note, they also can see Ryuk.
2: Right, but they didn't they didn't they didn't fit that in because she yeah. she grabbed the he gave her the book. Yeah. And she couldn't see him.
1: Yeah, I, well they kind of made like a hint at it. There was something that Ryuk said in the movie where he hinted that, you know, like they might have been collaborating together. Him and the girlfriend.
2: Right, but she couldn't see him. All she all he said was I like her.
1: Uh. Uh-huh. So yeah, the, the the movie changes the rules, dude.
2: It's, no, the the rules were changed every 5 minutes in the movie, yeah. in and of itself. And that's what didn't make any goddamn sense.
1: Yeah, it was confusing and the it seemed like that their cover up for that was by saying, "Oh, there's so many so many fucking rules." Even a, there's a part in the movie where Light even says himself, "So many rules." Right. I don't know what. Oh. <laughs> yeah, do you think they're really going to fucking explain all those rules? Right, but but the two yeah. basic rules are
2: which Ryuk said himself. Yeah, seven days. If you can't handle it, give the book, give the book back to me. Yeah, and I'll pass it on to someone else. Yeah, and it, you know, so that's where you get the yeah, seven days. Just don't
1: use it for seven days, and then boom. Yeah,
2: and no one else can use the fucking book except for the person that owns the book.
1: Yeah, that that's cut and dry, right?
2: Yeah. <laughs> Even though there are fucking uh, a million rules. Yeah those two establish the fact that no one else can write in the book. Yeah. So...
0: Yeah,
1: and this one decides to use visual flair and where in the con- in the anime, um, Light uses mostly heart attack on people, where he doesn't write a death in there. Where er- anyone, you know everyone just dies of a heart attack instead, right? So it's less um, uh, traceable. Right. And he would only use... Which doesn't make any sense, he but, would, okay. He would... Because it's like, how do you track where the the heart attack came from? The,
2: okay, so they get shot with a bullet. Who? So, and the person that pulled the trigger, blah blah blah. I, know,
1: I they they explain it better in the in the you anime know. than I I I feel, I want to go into detail about because I can't really think right now. But. Well, they've
2: also got people that are investigating this that are basically paranormal investigators.
1: Yeah, yeah and look, it, by the end of the second episode of the anime, Light already figures out like the area, or I'm sorry, L figures out the area. Of Japan where Kira is coming from right by by just narrowing it down and testing him already and and then for the next fucking I'd say 25 episodes out of 37 um, this is the cat-and-mouse game between light and and um, and L right and it, it fucking works man because L is still trying to to crack all this shit and and he's doing all these clever things to try to figure it out and then light in the same time is dealing with him but he's also taking care of his own agenda which is he's taking these people out here right. like a chess game right and so it's 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 compelling you know you keep watching this is one of those shows where when it gets to the end you're missing it as it's as it's finishing you know right. that doesn't happen all the time and this anime is really good that's where it works because it's not it it doesn't do uh, exposition it doesn't you know it doesn't do anything over the top just to get your attention instead it just tells the story and it doesn't grandstand and that's what's really good about death note yep that's what actually made me more open to watching animes is because of that show um my cousin alex he he you know recommended watching he goes dude this isn't like fucking neruto Naruto and all that other shit he goes check it out you know this is like 2009 or something and i was like okay fuck it i watched it i was like holy shit you know what this wasn't bad and because of that, I started watching a few other things here and there when they got recommended, you know, uh, Attack on Titan, uh, uh, Soul Eater, and uh, a couple others, you know, like even Cowboy Bebop, right? right. And, and uh, oh, it's a North Star, and and yeah. So um, it made me more open to watching that kind of stuff, and otherwise I wouldn't have given it the time of day because I remember before that, a few years before that, I would rent something like Ghost in the Shell, the you know, animated film from 95, or, or even Akira, And I didn't fucking I wasn't interested at all when I watched it at the time. I didn't give a shit. It was just it didn't appeal to me. But now it does. If it's done good, it appeals to me. I'm not talking about all that fucking Sailor Moon bullshit. I'm talking about well written good anime. Right. That's one of them. Death Note is really good. So. You, by by changing all these things that, I'm just going to have to blame Netflix because they're the ones who, you know, they're distributing it, right? I I blame Netflix. I blame Wingard. I blame the screenwriters, everybody, Warner Brothers, because all you had to do is honor the source material. What have I been saying? Yeah, forever. I know. You've been saying it forever. (laughs) Honor the fucking source material, okay? And this thing will soar like a stork in the sky (laughs) I'm not ready to segue yet though um so yeah and that's what sucks man luckily like I said I wasn't bored the whole time I watched it so it's worth watching especially I I recommend seeing Death Note because watch a a movie made like shit but still is watchable at the same time because there's way worse adaptations than this way worse okay uh so give it a shot all right um, I was surprised after all the hate that this movie is receiving I couldn't believe that the uh, Rotten Tomatoes index was as high as it was for this movie um, it is currently sitting at a 42 percent really yeah approval rating I I did I was expecting with all, all the hate I was expecting it to be like in the 20s or lower okay so I did a 50 I had a 56 prediction and you had a 43 mm-hmm Oh fuck! Well, I was gonna say we're in between, but you're fucking right on the money. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because yesterday was forty three, mm-hmm. and then now today it's forty two. So, you're close enough. I win. You win, sucker. All right. <laughs> so, I, Death Note. Ugh, I don't. As a fan of the anime, I'm calling it a piece of shit. But otherwise, it's watchable.
2: It's a watchable movie, but if it look. If it weren't based off of something, this would actually be an interesting movie.
1: Yeah, the premise is, is very very interesting.
2: But for the most part, yeah, you know whatever.
1: Yeah, and then they, you know, they had all of, they had to turn the deaths into Final Destination deaths, right? Yep. Like shit, you know. Yeah. We've already seen this, man. Oh, fuck it. If I want to see that shit, I'll go play Mortal Kombat X. So, anyway, uh, give me give me compelling characters and story. Um, did you like uh, uh, Stanfield? Um, you know, Lakeith Stanfield's uh, performance.
2: Are you vamping?
1: No, I actually, I didn't want to skip over him because I like his acting to a point with his character. No,
2: I didn't care for the character. Okay. I found him annoying. Here's why. Uh-huh. They didn't provide any justice to the character whatsoever. He looks like a ninja. He's walking around. He's yeah. eating fucking candy. <laughs> He's twitchy. He's always he never gets any sleep, blah 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 blah, yeah, there's nothing about that character that I cared for whatsoever yeah. because he has no basis, yeah in that reality,
1: yeah, it was like he was he was mysterious for just for mysterious sake,
2: no, he was. He was just shitty for shitty sake.
1: <laughs> All right, bye. He's he's
2: he's a fucking he's like a drug addict. He's a useless drug addict type character.
1: Yeah, he 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 was better. Look, I I, I like the passion and the mannerisms that um that Lakeith put into it, but it ran its course. It, it got old because he started becoming very fidgety and very like a child throwing a fit, like. You know, child throwing a you. But he
2: was that way throughout the whole movie, even at the beginning. That has nothing to do with well, got it. got worse. The fucking character has no basis. The way there, there inch- is no background on the character. There's no information on the character. Yeah. That character has no identity whatsoever.
1: Yeah, I know. There was a scene where he's fucking ordering the cops around when he's got a warrant in the in the in Wickham's house, and 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 he's just fucking bossing everyone around. Like who the okay. fuck are
2: you? But that that was already established that he has do, he has domain over what they do and what they can and can't do. He can control the police. That's not the point. shut off the the whole character at the beginning of the film with his fucking his eating candy and yeah. and you know and as um, Watari as Watari is sitting there talking to him and stuff like that you know and he's like oh sing to me yeah like. We don't we don't we have nothing on your character. We understand it's supposed to be some mystery or whatever. We have nothing on your character. You're telling a story and you're taking us along for a ride and you give us a character that has nothing. No appeal whatsoever. He like I said, he's a fucking junkie type character. Mm. And what I mean by junkie type character is he's he, he he's an addict. Yeah. You know. He, he 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 does nothing but steal from the story. Okay. Okay. So he's he's like a junkie vampire. <laughs> okay. He's a he's a soul-sucking wretch that adds nothing to the to the story. Yeah. And steals everything that he can from the story just to make him a mysterious boba fett type character. Yeah, And that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to make a mysterious Boba Fett type character. And it only works when you use the character like Boba Fett. He shows up and says, he's worth no, he's, you know, he's not worth anything to be dead. Yeah. Great. We understand. He's a bounty hunter, blah, blah, blah. Right? Yeah. So, and I'm always bringing Star Wars into it. But, but the, the, it's important because when you have characters that have no background that people want to know more of, right? Mm-hmm. You have to make them interesting. This character has... There is nothing interesting about him. The moment that we... And no pun intended. The moment that it lighted on him... Yeah. And he's, he gets into the limo and his face is hidden and all this other shit. I didn't even care. Hmm. I didn't care about this character enough to even want to fucking follow him. Yeah. Because he's boring.
1: Yeah. I, I look, from, from my perspective... Since I knew that he was L, I, I, all I was watching for was to see if he did the mannerisms right and, and little little quirks that, that L has in the anime. The way that an- he's introduced the anime, it fits more. They don't throw all of his eccentricities into your face at once. It's learned over episodes of little glimpses here and there. And so it's better told. It's way better told in the anime. Right. Another thing, of course. So yeah, I, I did. I get it. I, I <laughs> he just dropped in your lap like, oh hey. So yeah. It's anyway.
2: Fucking useless character.
1: So, I do still recommend seeing uh, Death Note because hey, you don't have to spend any fucking money to go see it. You, you
2: have to spend ten ninety nine a month. Yeah, but to that's, see it.
1: Yeah, and you can just you know.
2: So stop telling people you don't have to spend any money. They have to buy the fucking Netflix thing to get it.
1: Okay. Well, it's most not people free. have Netflix.
2: No, they don't. Don't assume.
1: Who the fuck is going to order Netflix just to watch a single film?
2: Okay, but again, most people don't have Netflix. But if you want, we highly recommend watching the movie if if you like these types of movies.
1: If you have Netflix. Which
2: I don't understand why we're highly recommending it when we gave it a fucking, you know, what did what did you give it? Give we gave it? it a 4 out of 10. Yeah, when we gave it a 4 out of 10. I can't even recommend it, so don't even bother.
1: <laughs> All right, so... I went and saw another movie uh, because I wanted to add a little to our uh, our total, you know, give a little more content to uh, how much we have on the uh, on the website. So, stop it. <laughs> Just so anyway, I went by myself and saw the film Detroit, um, about a little over a week ago, and it's directed by Catherine Bigelow. It's about the 1967 race riots. Um, that were in, of course, Detroit, uh, and and a specific incident that happens is this is the main focus of this during these riots. Right. Um, the movie, the movie starts off by it brilliantly starts off by by giving you a quick history of so the the according to the to the movie itself the southern Negro where they have. Um, Moved up north to more industrialized cities for work, and to get, you know, get far, uh, trying to get away from a lot of the racism of the South at the same time. So it's about the Great Migration. Well, it's told in the artwork of Jacob Lawrence, who wrote, who created the migration of uh, of uh, of the Negro, the Great Migration, um, back in like the forties. Okay. So it's t- it's using his artwork that he made for that series, while telling that story and while like, giving you that history lesson, and it leads all the way up into Detroit, and the civil rights movement.
2: Yeah, Jacob Lawrence was an African American painter, by the way. Yes, it's, that fucking bugs me. It's a black man who painted stuff. Yeah,
1: what? No,
2: I just I don't I fucking can't stand this politically correct oh, garbage. Oh, they call him African American. No, he's a black he's he's an American, but he just happened to be black.
0: Yeah, he's a black man.
1: So <coughs> anyway, um, it it pulls you into the movie right from the get go, and it takes you right up to the the moment of 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 the story of the of the plot of the premise. Right, so then it cuts into the actual live action and it it's at the it explains to you before, right right before it cuts into there that the tension has built up in the city because of you know racial injustice and things like that and he said it was in, you know it pretty much says that it's inevitable that that something is going to make this, it go everything go over the edge pretty much you know it's like a powder keg waiting to go off kind of thing right so anyway there's this the movie starts off with a raid on a speakeasy you know, the fucking, you know what a speakeasy is. So, it's a legalized raid, and it's for a, a perfectly understandable reason. The speakeasy is has illegal alcohol and and gambling at the at the establishment, and it's mostly blacks that are there, right? So, anyway, the the raid happens, and there's black cops, there's white cops. They raid the place, and, and it's just a normal fucking raid. But what happens is. All the people down outside the building are that are already angry about the situation in Detroit. They see all these, um, all, all all these black people being taken out of the building in handcuffs, and a shitload of uh, you know paddy wagons are showing up to take all you know all their people away. And they're like, "What the fuck?" And so they start they start rioting because of this incident, and then that leads into um, setting up all the characters of the movie. Of the main characters of the film mm-hmm. and I, I'm not gonna give you a play-by-play play on this or in any way whatsoever but it deals with the real events that happen with with the situation and so the city is under a, a thing of like a martial law it gets to that point with the rioting. oh well, there's people in the city that still have their lives to live no matter what so one of them is the actual band the dramatics the dramatics had a lead singer that who does not never sang with him, you know, got recorded or whatever because of the incidents of the, from this film. Um, but he was the, the original lead singer, okay, played by uh, Algie Smith, and he played a character named Larry Reed. And it's about him being the lead singer of the dramatics where he's trying, you know, even though in the middle of all this shit, he just wants his chance to get up in front of the mic, in front of the audience and start f- singing because the guy loves to sing, you know, it right? Um, it also goes to John Boyega's character. John Boyega is a security guard for uh, it. It's like a, a I don't know a store. I can't remember what the store is, but he's a security guard there, and he's trying to protect everything there. So he see he knows what's going on in the city, and he wants to protect you know everyone around there in the store you know. And so when when all the military shows up, he goes out and he actually brings coffee to these white soldiers that are out there and he talks to them like a normal human being and he tries to keep tensions low. And there's a few remarks said by the soldiers trying to push it. But otherwise what you see about John Boyega establishes what kind of a person he is in this movie. He's, he's a really good guy who's trying to keep everyone from exploding and worse things happening. Okay. So he's like the stability of the film, his character but the main character of this movie is the character of Philip Krause, who's played by Will Poulter. Will Poulter, of course, is the the virgin boy from We're the Millers, mm-hmm. right? Who could play the Joker, probably. Some form of the Joker. Um, he is the motherfucker of this movie. He is so bad that it's scary. The reason why his character is so scary is because... He's got this self-justification racism where, where he thinks he's being a good person and, and, and you know, he's doing the right thing, but he's not. He's, he, he's treating people like shit. He's, he's hurting people to push things the way he sees them, and he ends up actually even murdering some people. Because, and he's all self-justified about it. So when he gets any shit about it, it's, he takes it as a personal attack. Because he doesn't think he's doing anything wrong, which is, like I said, that's terrifying. Because that's that there are people in real life like that. Um, this movie does a great balance of of showing you what people went through at that time. And I'm not comparing it to any time like now or the 70s or, or the 50s or whatever. I'm talking about at this time and period during the civil rights movement, what people were going through. What was okay?
2: So what when we were talking or when you were talking about? the members of the dramatics yeah and you said the lead singer yeah all right just so people understand what's going on um detroit chronicles part of the right and the unresolved or the unsolved algiers motel murders yeah the algiers motel murders happened let's see uh one of the victims of the massacre was 18 year old freddie temple yeah who had spent his summer as part of the Dramatics entourage?
1: Yeah, he was a friend. Of, he was a very close friend of Larry Reed.
2: The Algiers Motel massacre, allegedly perpetrated by law enforcement, resulted in the murder of three African American male teens, the beating of nine other people, including two members of the Dramatics, Roderick Davis and the aforementioned Larry Reed. I thought you had said a different name other than Freddie Temple. So okay, no. that, that's why there's. Uh, uh Freddie Temple and Larry Reed. Yeah. That's why I was asking.
1: Yeah, so Freddie Temple is with Larry Reed, but he's not a singer. He's part of the entourage. Right. So um and, and, and he gets some dialogue in the film, but it focuses when, it, when it's when it's on them two. Uh,
2: Freddie Temple's not part of the entourage. Freddie Temple's part I'm of sorry. the dramatics. Um uh, hold on. No, you're right. You're right. Freddie mm-hmm. Temple was part of the I was uh, Roderick Davis and Larry Reed.
1: Yeah, so Larry Reed is the main focus when it's, when it's showing those two in the movie. Right. Okay. He's always the main guy. Uh, there is, w- what I was going back to about the balances or what it, it, sh- it doesn't try to show you as like white people are evil or white cops are evil. It was trying to show you those people involved with that situation and what they were like, because you would cut to other scenes where there were white cops like, dude, this is fucking wrong. And, you know, seeing people getting abused and and other things. You know, like uh, there the scene. There's a scene at the beginning of the movie that that sets up Krause's character, where they're patrolling the city of Detroit in the daytime, and the kid who plays uh, Chris and everybody hates Chris uh-huh. TV series. Um, that actor, he's he's running. Tyler James Williams. He's running with some groceries out of a store, and you know he's stolen because of the way he's you know you know running, and he gets caught by Krause and his partner. And they start chasing him on foot with shotguns, and he's fucking shooting at this kid, and he hits him. First, he hits him in the side, and then the kid gets away and he hides under a car. But then he, after you know, you find out later that he died, and it goes all gets all the way back to Krause's superior, who starts interrogating him about this, and this is all in the first act, and and he's like, I'm going to, and it's all cool, calm conversation, and even though. Holter's character looks concerned about what's going on. He still isn't in fear of his life. He's just pissed off that he's being inconvenienced at this moment. But he ends up, you know, the 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 interrogator his superior pretty much says, "We're going to I'm going to I'm I'm recommending to the DA that you get put up on murder charges." But it still it still doesn't look like something that that that's going to probably stick the way it's <laughs> way it's handled, right? Yeah, they, they pretty much didn't. But yet there's a scene near the end of the movie in juxtaposition to this where, well, you know what, let me correct that. Because he gets interrogated, Krauss gets interrogated again at the end of the movie after the incident that happens at the hotel, which is the entire second, second act of the film. Um, there's a scene where it's going back and forth between Krauss getting interrogated for what happened at the, at the hotel and John Boyega's character getting interrogated. Um, about it and you see the fear in Boyega's eyes there's this fear like it doesn't matter if he's innocent or guilty or anything if they say he's going to be guilty if they want him to be guilty <laughs> he's going to be guilty and they're going to charge him for it and so you see this like like he's completely powerless in the situation but then you cut back to Krause who fucking killed who had a hand in killing three people at least or four and he's just like I said, more irritated and actually in fear of his life, and that shows the differences of of I, I hate the word privilege. I don't want to use the fucking word privilege, but the differences in in, in how races were treated at that time. Period. Right, right. Two Detroit
2: police officers, Ron August and Robert Pally, would confess to taking part in two of the murders. Yeah. Uh, they later recanted and had the um the charges dropped against them. Police. Department um, Vice-Squad Detective David Senek, the man who led the raid at the Algiers Motel, was charged with conspiracy and
1: misconduct. However, the charges were also dismissed. Yeah. Um, Boyega's character of uh, Melvin Dismukes, um, where he, uh, yeah, he's the one who, during this whole situation at the Algiers where all of these character, all these uh, people are being held hostage pretty much by Krauss and his two officers uh, being questioned because of an incident that happens with a, a starter pistol. Uh-huh. And the character played by um, Jason Mitchell, who was in straight out of Compton and, and Kong School Island. He's the one who's in the hotel who's fucking around and has a starter pistol. Right. And what happens is he's fucking around he fires it and soldiers hear it from across the street and they think they're being fired upon. So then they go over there and then they fucking shoot up at the house and then they go in there and they bust in with the cops and, and then the cops end up taking everything over and the military military's just like, ah, you know what, we don't want to fucking deal with it. So then they leave and the cops just have fucking carte blanche to just treat these people however they want. You know, they bust into this room with Anthony Mackie's character where they keep accusing him of being a pimp and, 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 and Mackie keeps trying. He keeps calmly and respectfully, you know, because he's not trying to piss you know, law enforcement off. He's telling them his credentials from fucking serving in early Vietnam, in the early years of Vietnam war, right? And and they're not fucking believing any of it. They just keep calling him a pimp, you know, and and you're you're you worthless pimp and you know, blah, blah, blah. So it's it's a it's a fucked up situation that happens during this whole scene. But Will Poulter is so good at playing this guy you fucking hate so much that you just want him you you want him to meet that end but here's where i get my final rating for the movie it's this you have other movies that are historical dramas and they leave an impact on you like schindler's list things like that (coughs) where you could watch it over and over again um and and you you still it still has an impact the movie detroit though there's something about it when it's all said and done you know, look, Schindler's List didn't have too much of a happy ending either. I mean, it had a hopeful ending, but this movie, it's matter-of-fact ending, okay? An all-white jury let all these cops off, right? They barely had, I think they had like a slap on the wrist for it, all right? Uh, no, there's no justice. When this movie ends, there's no real justice. There's just victims, okay? There's the perpetrators, and there's the victims, and... And there's no good feeling when it's all over with. It's just matter of fact, like I said. It, so that, that makes the movie hard to recommend as a replayable film. I, cannot, I can't recommend Detroit seeing it more than once, in my opinion. And also, it's not my favorite Catherine Bigelow film. I, Catherine Bigelow is a damn good director, okay? Regardless of what you think about or what you believe or know about um, uh, Osama bin Laden... Her film Zero Dark Thirty is so fucking compelling that even though if the story isn't true or not it is such a goddamn good movie that every single time that it's on I have to watch it till it's over with. That's how good that movie is. Um, The Hurt Locker is a very good movie. I love Strange Days. I love fucking Point Break, Near Dark. She's a good director. Detroit is just it's a very well put together movie but it doesn't it doesn't sit for me. For me personally, I'm good. I saw it once, that was enough. But Will Poulter and John Boyega both deserve um, awards for this movie.
2: What I think. was your rating?
1: I give the movie a 7 out of 10. Or, I'm sorry, it's a 7.5. I give it a 7.5. It's like a, a three-star movie. You know, it's, yeah, definitely. <laughs> so, yeah, it's well put together. But, yeah, it's sad. It's a... It's uncomfortable. That's what it is. The movie's very uncomfortable. You feel, you know, it's angry because you, you're just watching this unfold before your eyes, and you you see what's being wrong, with the way people are being treated, and can't do nothing about it. You just have to experience it. So, do you feel me, dog? Do no. you feel me? No. All right, good. So, baby Paula, <laughs> tell me about baby Paula.
2: I was bored last night because I got home fucking late, like always, like goddamn always when I'm when I'm uh, closing, uh-huh. and uh, so instead of involving myself in something like Mister Brooks, I I just wanted something that there's no Rick and Morty.
1: Yeah, the the two week vacation.
2: So I just involved myself with something that was just brainless, and it, and I had recorded Storks on purpose because I wanted to watch it. Yeah. Okay, so um, this is a five out of ten. It's look the entire story of the how this comes about is it's there's a kid that is annoyed with his parents and he wants a baby brother. Okay, okay, and
1: like the opposite of Bit Boss Baby,
2: <laughs> and the parents who are played by Jennifer Aniston and Ty Burrell. Our realtors are always busy, they never have time for their kid, blah 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 blah, then they start making time for their kid, and everything's good and imperfect, right? yeah, well boring <laughs> it's 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 utter nonsense is what it is, but the entire story that is around it is goofy fun, so he so it starts off with Andy Samberg, and he plays. Hold on, I will get to it.
1: <laughs> Cass is usually right beneath a plot.
2: Stop pushing me. <laughs> he plays Junior, who is a who is the top guy in the entire company right now. Um, he wants to be promoted to boss, top guy, top worker type of thing, right? Yeah. And you have Kelsey Grammer as Hunter, who is the boss, right? He's just a, he's a piece of shit CEO executive douche, and he plays it perfectly. Yeah, and. Andy Samberg is going to get, is going to become the boss of the company. Yeah. But he has one thing to do before Stork Con, and that's fire this 18-year-old orphan girl that they call Orphan Tulip. Okay. Hello, Orphan Tulip, come over here. And she's like, it's just Tulip. Yeah. Orphan kind of hurts my heart. <laughs> so um, she's um, she's klutzy. She's a human in a bird world, you mm-hmm. know things like that. Now they shut down the entire stork factory that delivers babies and now they're more into they're like amazon.com. They deliver packages. Okay. Right. And by by a turn of events, Andy Samberg can't fire her. He ends up not firing her, so he puts her in the one place that he thinks she can do no harm, which is the letter fa- the letter store or the the letter receiving department for the baby factory. Okay. Okay. And she gets this letter from the kid earlier in the film, right? And she decides that she's going to put it in the machine. While that's all going on, Andy Samberg comes down to find out what the hell's going on down there because there is uh there's an alarm that goes off that Tulip's in, you know, doing something. Okay. And he goes there, hilarity ensues, the the letter gets uh put into the machine. Yeah. And a baby pops out and they gotta deliver the baby all right so that's the whole story <laughs> while they're trying to deliver the baby a whole lot of shit goes on one of them is this character who's played by Stephen Kramer Glickman as pigeon toady <laughs> you know all
0: right bro I smell it baby Potter. Baby Potter.
2: yeah he he's like
1: he's a fucking hilarious voice dude yeah.
2: So yeah, the, so the, he's chasing them to find out what's going on because he he sent something he saw, you know, made him follow, you know, Andy Sandberg and Katie Crown's character or Tulip and Junior. Yeah, and so he and he's a toady, so he's going to do everything he can to rise up on in in the ranks as fast as he can. Right? Yeah, he's a brown he's nose. Not, he's a corporate brown nose. Yeah, he's he's not a fucking stork. He's a pigeon. Okay. Okay, but there finally okay so they escape and they end up in a, in a wolf pack den and <laughs> as they're in the wolf pack den the wolves are doing their thing like i'm gonna eat this baby right and mm-hmm. they're like
1: i can't it's so cute This a keen peel
2: yeah and they're and they're and they're they're like they they start to run after the baby and the the you know the teeth and everything else gnashing claws fangs i'm gonna fucking rip them apart and they just start licking his cheeks like yeah. oh it tastes like flowers and then the baby will laugh and we're like oh it's so cute yeah because babies are cute not yeah. all of them but you know so andy sandberg and katie crown have been captured by these wolves however however the wolves do it but they're ha- they're all tied up <laughs> right and they're yeah. hanging from the rafters upside down and they're able to escape they grab the baby as they're escaping the wolf den they run across this this uh bridge and Andy Samberg cuts the bridge, and then the Wolf Pack comes out, and they're like, and then you hear like I don't know if it's Jordan Peele or Keegan Michael Key. He's like, Wolf Pack form of, you know, <laughs> it's, it, 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 you know, bridge? Yeah. And then and so Tulip and Junior's sitting over there watching, and they're like, and he's like, what the hell are they doing? <laughs> and, and she goes, well, apparently they're building a suspension bridge. Yeah. And as you see it, it's this huge fucking like the Golden Gate Bridge yeah. that they're building. And then and then the, the wolves will run across, and then they the chase is on again. Yeah. Right. And then it, and then as it continues on, is its form of a suspension bridge, um, form of a submarine, and form of something else. And I can't the the but the middle one was funny as shit. It was mm-hmm. like oh form of a boat. Okay. You know so and then so it was like wolf pack form of a boat right. <laughs> So cuz the bridge had fallen or they they fell into a uh, uh, into an underground river. Okay. So they're escaping on on a man-made raft and that's when the the the, the wolf pack is in a boat and they he and I'm going to assume yeah, Alpha. So Alpha, who is Keegan Michael Key, yeah, is is using the wolf pack as uh, you know, the wolf pack boat yeah. as like it was a real speedboat. So it's got a shifter. And it's got, you know, he'd step on the gas, you know, and then the wolves are, are pointing out from the back, their heads are pointing out, and they're making the sound, right? Yeah. And the bubbles, and he, so the chase is on. <laughs> and then, <coughs> and then as they're going, they fall out of a, a waterfall. Okay. And as the wolves come out, it says, you know, wolf pack, form of an airplane. Right, but they it, it it forms the airplane real quick, and you see the the propellers. With, you know, one of the tails. Yeah, and then they all fall, but they're all making like airplane sounds as they yeah. fall. You know, <laughs> crash. Yeah, and then Wolfpack form of a submarine. Right, so <laughs> yeah. they form of, but the fucking form of a submarine what was funny because they're 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 underwater and they're like I've never seen a Wolfpack make a fucking submarine before. Right. Yeah. This is crazy. Who would have thought? And. As they're making the submarine, they build the submarine. They're they're driving through the water, and you hear one of the wolves going boop, 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 you know boop, right? And then they all surface at once and take a deep breath, so they all come up and go, and then go back underwater again. Yeah, which is again another fucking. This is the funny part of the movie, which is this this insanity of Chuck Jones type animation. Yeah. Right. So the whole chase goes on, and they're able to escape the wolf pack for the moment. And then they end up they they end up in a shipyard. They're, they're trying to catch a ship, yeah, f- and, and and try to get the baby home. Well, here's the good part about this movie: Andy Sandberg doesn't play this annoying character that he plays on brooklyn 911 yeah you know he's not he's not idiotic he plays a character that is very confident in himself okay katie crown plays tulip who is not confident in in herself but she's an orphan she's an orphan because the jasper which is a giant stork went fucking crazy and and tulip was the last infant to be made Uh and he wanted to keep her to himself which is not true we find out later on down the line but you know jasper just Looks like you went crazy. He's like, "That's my baby, right?" Yeah. Because all storks get emotionally involved. That's what the story is. Yeah. In delivering these kids, and so what happens is, is that Jasper's taken away, but they don't know how to. And um, there is these little beacons that have maps on them, kind of like GPS, okay. to show where the the baby is supposed to be delivered to. Well, Tulips' beacon broke, so now she's stuck with the storks. Yeah. And she wants to go home, and and then now she's got a chance to get out of there by this little baby coming from one of her accidents, and they're on this whole trip, and of course you have Pigeon Toady who is <laughs> following them to he's a toadie, like I said before, get up higher because something stinks within the ranks, right? Yeah. and and so he reports back to Kelsey Grammer's character, and they make a plan to get the baby back what they're gonna do with the baby I have no clue (laughs) like kill it or shred it or whatever the fuck they want they're gonna get rid of it somehow and or they're they're gonna let it raise until it's 18 years old and they're gonna release it into the wild Hmm. that's what they're gonna do and they had shut down the whole baby factory because Kelsey Grammer's character Hunter hates babies so he didn't he, he didn't want anything to do with the fucking babies anymore once he became boss he shut down the factory and they never destroyed it yeah so, ultimately, it's not a bad movie.
0: Okay.
2: Um, there's a lot of funny parts in it, especially the whole wolf pack thing. You know, when they're like, wolf pack, form of minivan. <laughs> and they're like, they're going too fast. and like, oh, we're going too fast. We're going to slow it down. Um, the, the worst parts of the movie, of course, are Ty Burrell and Jennifer Aniston as the mother and the father of the kid that orders the baby. It's just It bogs the whole fucking movie down, and it's dumb because the movie even though the movie is about a baby <laughs> it could have been it could have been better with instead of using tulip as the last baby this is the last baby right yeah and they and tulip had put the she found the letter she found the last letter she's like oh maybe we should just put this in there yeah <laughs> i think it would have worked much better as that type of movie Instead of having all these... I mean, it's really weird. She's supposed to be the last baby. So 18 years has gone by, and they have this huge bin full of letters. And then they have a million babies. There's a million letters, so there's a million babies, right? And so they have to deliver all these babies. But the people people that they deliver them to, they would all be, like, fucking 18 years older, right? (coughs) (coughs) No, they're not. They're all in their 20s. So it doesn't make any sense. Like I said, it would have been it would have made better sense if, even though Tulip was the last baby and was eighteen
1: years, they find this letter. Mike. In the Barnyard movie from ten years ago or twelve years ago, the male cows had udders.
2: They still have udders in the cartoon. Uh,
1: Don't you have a problem with that?
2: Yeah, but I'm not talking about Barnyard. I'm just I'm talking about Storks.
1: It they changed it. Yeah. (laughs)
2: That has nothing to do with apparently i don't get it so i
1: can't expect everything to be on par like like perfect it, it
2: no i don't expect everything to be perfect but i expect the story to be a little bit better when it comes to something like this but then again it is also sony animation yeah so what's the first word that i said on that one sony sony yeah so i don't really have i i don't it, it doesn't but I, I don't i don't care it doesn't matter um they did a good job of animation. The whole animation is really, really good. It's very, very Disney-esque in terms of the way they do humans and all this other stuff. Uh-huh. It's very... it's It, it flows. It's I, I don't really know. How, it's Chuck Jones flowage or Tex Avery type of flowage. It flows. and The way that the, they move and the way that it, it, it feels cartoonish. Yeah. That's the way it's supposed to be. So, ultimately, look... It's got the regular tropes. It's got the regular bullshit in it. You know, the the boss is, is dies, you know, and then Andy Samberg becomes a new boss like he's supposed to yeah. and all this other shit.
1: It's got a full house ending. <coughs> Everyone's learning their lesson. And...
2: Yeah. You know. <laughs> and then, you know, and then everything, everything, everything wraps up all nicely in that Hollywood package.
1: Nice and tidy.
2: Yeah. That's why I gave it a five. It could have gotten higher if they had done just a couple of different things and tried something new. But look, we live in a box world, dude. Yeah, everything is a fucking square. Websites, pictures, comics, laptops—it's all square. Directors' choices for cars, Star
0: Wars movies. So that's that's how it is. All
1: right, so Five um, out of 10. so yeah, all right. Uh, I think the movie has like a sixty-something percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Does it? Yeah, Storks is—I think it's like a sixty-two or something. Really? So that means that it's fresh. It's certified fresh, baby.
2: Uh, 62%?
1: I believe so, yeah.
2: Uh, I think it has to be over 90% to be certified fresh, dude. N-
1: no, it has to be 59 or above. I think it has to be like 60% or above. As long as it's over 50%. So, um, I think 58 is even rotten. So, uh, either 59 or 60 is where it becomes fresh.
2: I don't buy that. That's bullshit.
1: Yeah. To be certified fresh, it has to have, you know, majority over
2: six out of ten yeah 60 okay
1: <laughs> so all right uh, lastly you got anything else to say about your storks no all right okay so lastly Colin Javarro got uh, mutually separated from Disney uh, from directing the was it the ninth episode of uh, did you just
2: say mutually separated from Disney
0: <laughs> yeah
1: he got mutually separated I, I, I'm basing that statement. Off of the article, he got. Did they say mutually separ- yes. separated? mutually separated f- because of a a difference in create creative uh, f- you know directions or some shit. I'm. That's what like, the fuck is wrong with your brain? That's like the basic thing. That like well, the same thing. Ha- the, 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 I think the same exact statement was released with Edgar Wright when he left because the of, the, of the
2: differences in their creative. Dir- I'm pretty sure directions.
1: they just changed the fucking letterhead. From the Edgar right fucking it's, leaving. Too. It's
2: creative differences. Yeah. 74, resh, fresh, 43, rotten.
1: Yeah, 64. Okay, so 64. So, yeah. That's
2: the, but it has to be... Okay. <laughs> 75%. So, there's your answer. It has to be 75% or better.
1: So... You have an idea about what is the real reason for calling um, Trevorrow.
2: No, I have. No, hold on a second. I want to find something that isn't a bullshit website. Like money.cnn.com. Really? (laughs) Fuck you. You're so money,
1: you don't even know how much money you are. Uh, Deadline.
2: No, I have a theory. A
1: theory? Film theory. Mike, please hit us with that theory.
2: Well, I'll hit you with the theory in just a second. Um... Oh my God. Stop. If you have a website, I just want to point, like, a couple of things out. First and foremost, if you have any ads that automatically run, you suck.
0: <laughs>
2: You're fucking shit. Stop doing it. Only allow people that want to watch the ads, watch the ads, or set it up so that it's automatically turned off sound-wise. Secondly, if you have a website like CNN or Fox or whatever that runs ads, like a TV show or whatever, let's say KCRA, Mm -hmm. stop filling up my feed with fucking bullshit ads. Stop, and when I mean feed, I mean like going to the website, yeah. Stop filling that shit with fucking ads. You don't need to do that. You make enough money from ads on your TV shows, on your, you know, uh, on your channel in and of itself, all day long, you don't need to fucking hammer us with side ads and an ad every third line and all this other bullshit. Thirdly, if you have a website, again, and you feel the need to put in ads... Three ads. And now we're getting a... F- it, it's fucking insane. It's just running an ad over and over again. And you can't stop it.
1: <sighs> All
2: right. Really. Fuck you, Deadline Hollywood. I'm done with your shit. Done. And we'll never go back to that website again.
1: Hey, what do you call zombies that are sleepy?
2: Deadline. Joe's. Um... I'm trying to find... See, there it is again. There's no question this looks like a crisis, both for Lucasfilm and its parent studio, Disney. <laughs> Gate on its own. Oh, my God, Trank... Okay, Colin Trevorrow w- was fired from doing Star Wars Episode Nine. He had been given multiple chances to fix the script for Episode Nine. The movie that he released, which I believe has nothing to do with the Star Wars episode, didn't do well at the box office. Um... I can't remember, it's uh, The Diary of Henry or something like that. Yeah, The
1: Book of Henry. <coughs> yeah, The Book of Henry.
2: Okay, so fine. But when you, when you come off of Jurassic World and you go to Star Wars and you're trying to do a screenplay and, you, and you've been given multiple chances to put the screenplay together and you have all the information, and then not only that, you someone comes in to help you write that screenplay and you guys can't fucking crack the code, You're done. Yeah. It has nothing to do with whether it's Star Wars or Deadpool or fucking X-Men or whatever. You know, Disney, Lucasfilm aren't going to put out Fox-style movies when it comes to their franchise, which means, you know, banal garbage like, oh, X-Men, Age of Apocalypse. Hmm. Okay? They want to put out the highest quality film that they can, and they're not going to do it. However, here's my theory. Steven Spielberg just ended the post. He just wrapped filming that movie
1: what is the post about
2: i don't know look it up right. imagine if there was a device
0: available
1: oh, one. Yeah, yeah.
2: and news just came out yesterday the other day before from dark horizons that indiana jones the next indiana jones movie is in pre-production They are writing the f- script right now but they haven't really cracked it there's some things that are going on like, like Shia LaBeouf's character's not going to be in it, so Mutt's not going to be in there. But they, they're they trying to just kind of get the film together. Well, <laughs> with the post being finished, then Colin Trevorrow being fired from Star Wars, it's just way too convenient for all this stuff to happen when Lucas wanted Steven Spielberg to direct episode six he wanted luke he wanted spielberg to do return of the jedi yeah but because it was a non-sag film spielberg didn't want to be involved with that because he didn't want to be blacklisted he could have used another name or whatever else like that but he wanted to make sure that he didn't have any strained relations with his buddy he George. Want
1: to the wrong uh yeah
2: so <clears throat> this is the third film in the new trilogy steven spielberg is still a hot name he can fucking direct he knows the story. He knows Star Wars as well as George Lucas because he did, in fact, help on Return of the Jedi. He did, in fact, help direct some of the sequences in the, last, in the, in the prequel series. And he, and he also helped write some of it. <laughs> so who better to take over? And this is just a theory, but I'm going to say that Steven Spielberg will be the director for the next Star Wars movie because it's just too convenient for the timing, yeah, t- for the timing, and yeah. Ron Howard doing fucking Han Solo, come on, bro, <laughs> come on. They got come
1: Ron Howard. Come on, dude.
2: Come on, dude. They got Ron Howard doing fucking star Han Solo. Yeah. So why wouldn't they get Steven's fucking Spielberg to do this?
1: Hey, I'm on board, man. I please.
2: Two weeks. We will know in two weeks. I'll bet. I'm just putting a bet down.
1: Well. Look, it's funny because they, they 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 the plan is, just like with fucking Last Jedi that was going to come out in May, right? May of the year that it's supposed to come out. No, which is
2: all right. The Last Jedi was supposed to come out in, in December.
1: Then it was then it was Rogue One or something else, well, one of the ones that they're making now. So Han Solo. So anyway, this one though, uh, the the episode nine which they haven't titled yet, of course, is uh, expected to come out in May of 2019 which I have a feeling it's going to end up being pushed till uh December. Why would you say that? Because I'm almost positive that that's what happened with episode 8. No. It didn't
2: no, episode 8 was supposed to come out in December. May 2014, 2019. They didn't push they didn't push the, the the release date for for episode 8 out. They didn't push the release date. I think they pushed the release date for episode 7, but they didn't really push it. They just thought that they could do that. They were planning on doing it in May and then they said, well, let's take a little bit longer and then we'll push it out in December. (laughs) And that's when that came out. Um, Regardless of the release date, I don't think they're going to push that back because they've they've got a year and a half. It doesn't take that long to fucking do the movie so they'll be able to get it out. That being said, I'm not going to hold my breath. I wouldn't be surprised if it happened. Yeah. But, they want this specifically on this date to happen,
1: okay? Because
2: well. that would be the 42nd anniversary of Star Wars. All
1: right. Okay. So,
2: uh, you got anything else? No, that's really about it. I just <laughs> I just think it's too convenient that Steven Spielberg is um got like fucking eighty six thousand movies coming out. Yeah. Oh, it's the post. Did I say the plot? No, it's, no, the, it's post. the post. You said the post. Uh, cover up that span. Four papers. U.S. presidents pushed the country's first female journalist. Oh, is this? Uh, this is about uh, Watergate.
1: It's about the Pentagon Papers. That's what. Yeah. So, um, all right. So the next movie that we will be talking about on Cinescape Movie Reviews is going to be the long-awaited Stephen King adaptation. It. Are you excited, Mike? Why If we weren't so fucking tired right now Would you be excited Why Stupid question
2: Why Why do you ask me those questions Are you excited about it
1: <laughs>
2: No Joe Not no, at all no, no, no Not excited
1: No Alright So yeah Next movie we will, we will be talking about is It what? And hopefully uh, your gory love for clowns What It
2: What That Who That is It It's It What are you talking about
1: It Talking about now, now. It. When is then? It is then.
2: Who's on first? Kaiser um, <laughs> Soze. I don't know if I'm excited <laughs> about this movie, dude. I mean, I'm just really disappointed with The Dark Tower. I have no faith in yeah. any fucking Stephen King films ever, ever, Yeah. ever. Yeah. The trailers. Except for, you know, Apt Pupil. Yeah. And Shawshank Redemption, but... Even then, I mean, those were still changed, but whatever, you know. In some cases, it works; in some cases, it didn't. Yeah. I'm just. I don't see how you can make it that huge fucking book into a two-hour movie.
1: So let's think about that. That's a is it's a either what it's a 1,100 pages,
2: something like that. Yeah. Okay.
1: So that's on screenplay wise. That would be for each movie. That would be on average 550 page screenplay right so that would be a (laughs) that are you looking at this right now
2: i didn't write that i just the the highlight part is what google's giving me okay what's what's wrong with that entire sentence how many
1: pages has stephen king wrote
2: what's wrong with that it's grammatically incorrect. yeah it's horrible it's how many steep fucking pages has stephen king written yeah i want to say it's
1: I think it's based off of what people would – the average person would type in there. They would type in wrote instead of written.
2: All That's I want nice. to know is how many pages has Stephen King written? I I thought it was f- like 4,000, but it's not right. No,
1: he's got to be way more than that. He's, really. he's had over 100 books published, dude. The average is like at least 300 pages per book, so –
2: That would be 4,000. it's not 40,000. Well,
1: 10 times 300 would be 3,000, so <laughs> – I would say more like he's closer to 40 or 50,000 pages he's written in his
2: King has published 54 novels by the way not 100
1: alright well um uh, dude I, you know what does not matter we'll talk about it next week we'll talk about it and everything else about it the trailers look really good though I, I, I if the movie's like the trailers the movie's gonna be fucking amazing right okay I agree I just wonder what they're going to leave out, though. A lot.
2: They're going to leave out a lot.
1: Oh, they're going to have to, yeah. So, um, But you know what? There's a lot of things I don't remember because I haven't read that book in two decades. So it's been a while.
2: 22,800
1: pages. Fuck, I thought it'd be more,
2: but all right. Still. <laughs> well, the average book is about 400 pages long. Yeah, all right. I mean, we're... I just—that's what I went with. With this fifty, they say fifty-seven bucks. Goal of fifty-seven bucks, twenty-two thousand pages.
1: Damn. All right. So, all right. <laughs> I'm me. You're you. you. Say good night, motherfucker. I'm you. You're me. Yeah. Let's just end this shit because I am, I am let dialed. You're tired. Let dialed. How the
2: fuck can you be tired?
1: You're Gonna be tired because yeah, been up since seven this morning.
2: Oh my god.
1: You, you do no math, right? That's 19 yeah. fucking...
2: What did you do all day?
1: It's 19 hours. I sat in a chair and I fucking wrote. All day? And edited. And, um, oh, I wouldn't pay the fucking bills. I had to go get rent. I had to cash checks, fucking get money orders, go to the, the landlords. And did you take right. a nap? Not really, no. Not really? No. I um, I tried to at 6.30 in the evening, and I laid there for half an hour. What the fuck? And then I had to get up and get ready to go here. Why the fuck would you
2: take a nap at six thirty?
1: Because I hadn't had time to chill after fucking getting my kids from school and, and finishing the show. Fucking dude, the way we do the editing now with the damn with my reviews, it takes over a fucking hour to to do all the editing and and the and the linking and the tagging and the fucking all that shit. Oh my god, probably over an hour actually. It's a lot. That's a process, dude. I want to make sure it's done right, so I fucking I put the effort into it. Just like
2: I'm not complaining. Yeah, I just
1: like when I. I just want to
2: know why you decided to take a nap at six thirty at night.
1: So that I had fucking energy when I came here. So. Because you don't want me taking
2: naps here. I don't want anybody taking naps here except for me. I e- live here exactly. And you well, don't that's want, want me, me, the point,
1: and you don't want me taking naps in my car and you're fucking on your street either. Well, so I take a it's nap at home.
2: Just fucking creepy.
1: There you go. So, I took a quick fucking shut eye, power nap, because my whole afternoon was crammed doing work and most of my morning most of my morning was either running errands or riding
0: mm-hmm.
1: yeah so you asked man you asked
0: mm-hmm.
1: please stop all right i'm done dude this is fucking good night bye
0: good show jolly good show indeed hakuna matata bitches
1: this is the Cinescape movie podcast we thank you for listening to the show and if you have any questions or comments you can email us or tweet us my handle is at joe spiegel underscore joe my handle that's what i call it my handle you can tweet me at you can send me a tweet at tweet man you can follow me fuck off all right yeah
2: follow you can you know, follow me or tweet me at Send a tweet to All right. Follow. Follow
1: would be better. You can follow me on tweet, Tweeter. <laughs> you can Tweeter me. You can follow me on Twitter at Joe Spiegel underscore Joe. And for me,
2: it is at. What about you? MPS fifty one fifty. Because I make it easy. Yeah, you do. Well, that's the end of the show. Thank you for listening, and please remember share the podcast.
1: Hey, hey, hey. What is it, Joe? Yeah. You see a little button over there? Yeah. Yes. What do, button? The little share button. Which button is that? It
2: says share. Sometimes it's a little arrow that goes in a circle. Regardless.
1: It's there. Or more. So share. Share. Share that podcast. Click that shit. <laughs> it's simple. Please. We put we do put some work into this. Not a lot. Not a lot. Not as much as we should. But still, all you have to do is click the share button. Yeah. Click anything that says share.
2: Like on our movie reviews, there's a Facebook share and a Google Plus. Pick one. We prefer Facebook, but, you know.
1: Spread the love. Help us grow. Spread the love, and we will spread our legs open for you. No, we won't.
2: I take showers. what well, What is that one? Pr- show the balls?
1: <laughs> open your balls. Open your balls. <laughs> <laughs> show, uh, yeah, Share show, show the show. Share the hell out of it.
2: Share. <laughs> <Sure. laughs> Give her some love. I sound like little Nick. <laughs> Have a good night. Hmm. This is the
0: end. Oh, it's the end. Benito! The end, I tell you! We're all going to Nibova! Don't stop!
1: Or go fuck yourself.